The long and winding road leads us here to the doorstep of the postseason. One win, a little bit of help away from ending 17 seasons of misery. Allen steps up. Chops over the defenders to pick up the first. Now, how many quarterbacks have you ever seen hurdle anyone? He throws. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. You're listening to the Red, White and Buffalo Blues UK Bills podcast. It's training camp season now and a lot of stuff to cover. So joining me, your host Matt, is my co-host Alex. Alex, how are you doing? So I got a pizza from Morrison's. You know, I'm lazy today, whatever. Um <laughs> I like it spicy, so I bought some jalapenos, cut it up, put it on the pizza, eat the pizza. I'm fine. Watching TV, uh, rub my eyes. You know, who doesn't rub their eyes? You know, it's getting late. I've been up since 6 a.m. Did not wash my hands <laughs> after I cut the jalapeno. Oh, my God. Oh, I mean, we all hear about it. We've all done it before. This is not the first time I've done it either. But, oh, like five minutes just of intense nonstop pain. Um, but yeah, football. Um, speaking of, speaking of pain, uh, you know, uh, uh, there's probably not gonna, I don't know. Is there going to be a season? Are they really going to do this? I think there will. I think there's probably going to be a season. I think it's, it's the way they've actually worked the rules around, especially with practice squad and, and, um, protected, um, players that you could put on the practice squad i can possibly see it happening but then again so many pull out i mean you've got um was it marcus cannon of the patriots actually opting out um others opting out the guard at kansas um did you say duvernay tardif or something like that yeah yep um he's he's opting out but for his reason, he's actually going, he's staying in Canada to fight um, COVID on the front line. And even right. e- even with us, Star Lutalele, he's actually, um, he's now, as of probably about an hour or two, when we've recorded this on Tuesday, um, has actually opted out for the season. And our first, our first case and first positive test of COVID had the bills. Um, Ike Brown has been diagnosed with it, so obviously he's got to quarantine and isolate himself for um, for fourteen days or whatever the law, whatever the rule is in in New York for it. So it's a sticky situation. I mean, obviously the NFLPA and the NFL have actually come to agreement. Obviously, that their limit, they're not having any preseason games. They've decided to cut. The roster size to fit within the um, within the guidelines from ninety to um, to eighty, so that's going to be interesting. Obviously, we get eighty one because Christian Wade's still a um, still exempt from the roster. So it's going to be an interesting month or so to see how these training camps actually uh, how they actually pan out. I think you're going to see a lot more positive tests come back just because when the players aren't i mean training camp you're 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 on site 
Um, but, I mean, it depends on what they allow the players to do in their free time. If these players mm-hmm. are going out to restaurants and bars in their free time, you're going to get a lot more positive tests. I mean, look at the Miami Marlins in baseball. I mean, A, Florida's a mess. It's yeah. the armpit of America. Um, and everybody has COVID in Florida. Uh, the Miami Marlins have over 10 players five-plus coaches test positive. Their games are being postponed and canceled. Uh, You know, they had four players test positive on Sunday and then still went ahead and played their game against Philadelphia. So now (laughs) Philadelphia is at high risk, and they need to go play New York. So all the games are being postponed between those three teams. Uh, I mean, players, um, you know, uh, more more Patriots. I mean... um, uh, Patrick Chung, the safety, uh, Dante Hightower, the linebacker, um, former Buffalo Bill Marquise Goodwin for the Eagles, uh, Kyle Petko, defensive tackle, the fun with the fun hair for the Broncos. Um, it's just players who have a family or with anybody that's unhealthy, they're going to opt out. Uh, mm. You know, star opts out. Um, doesn't leave a big hole in our defensive line because that's probably the deepest position that we have, especially with all the pieces that we added um, in the off season. But um, I think you're going to start to see when training camp really ramps up, and I mean players are starting to report, um, the more people test positive, the more p- players will opt out, the more that this isn't going to be a normal NFL season. I mean, mm. uh, just to continue ranting, I mean, basketball has it, to some point figured out because they're playing in a quote unquote bubble. You know, all their players are in one location. The league has built barber shops and restaurants and bars for the players. So they're all together. There's no outside. The players, the coaches, the refs, they're all together. There's no nobody's leaving. Um mm. probably the safest way to do that. You can't do that in the NFL because obviously you can't put five football fields together. And it, I don't know. Can you? I mean, the fact that we're going to see most NFL teams, I think, uh, maybe not most. What do you think? Uh, a handful of NFL teams not allow fans in their stadium? You know? Uh, maybe you can I... get pract- like five practice fields, you know, uh, and just have teams play They. I mean, it's so tough, the logistics of it, and what the league cares about. And they'll say the players, but they don't. They care about the money. They care about sponsorship deals in film, in, in, in TV commercial rights and stuff like that. So the league is going to do what they can to make money. That's why baseball is even going on. This was never a yeah. good idea from the start. But it all comes mm-hmm. down to money for the league and the in these billionaire owners because billionaires need more money. So... Um, yeah, I'm not optimistic about it. I'm I'm realistic about it. I'm saying, hey, let's not lose anybody to this. Let's just mm. cancel one season so we could have a hundred more. Yeah, I think it, 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 it's down. Obviously, it's it's player, it's player um, specifics. Obviously, they can charge um, charge to opt out. I mean, so far there's what there's um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 
15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21 players. Only on the Red, White, and Buffalo Blues, you can hear us counting. Well, I, I can list the names if you want to do that instead, if you want to be bored that way. No, no, no. I'm just <laughs> but no, it's, it's, it's going to be it's going to be an interesting um, few weeks because you're going to see more people opt out, some people not, especially when they're, um, they have they can get guaranteed money for sitting out for that season. Because, I mean, Starlus Lely, obviously, he's taking the, the um, voluntary opt-out. Um, is saying that he will have he has 4.5 million fully guaranteed as well as 2.5 million fully guaranteed the following year. Mm-hmm. So they're going they're getting those um, they're getting those guarantees for opting out. So maybe players are going to look that way. Maybe players are just saying no, screw it. We'll we'll take the precaution and actually go out. But it's it's one of those things. I mean. We could spend a whole episode talking about COVID, talking about players opting out and all that. But we've got a show to do and a show on Buffalo to do. So I present to you Trey White, Stefan Diggs and Josh Allen. What have they all got in common? They play for the Buffalo Bills. Well, yeah, you've got that, and also they've made the top 100 on this NFL um, NFL's top 100 for the uh, up-and-coming season. Yes, so my answer was met with much enthusiasm because <laughs> it's it's the same. It's them playing for the Bills is just as important as them being on this list. Uh, the list is inconsequential. Um, when when they announced Josh. At 86, we were all excited and happy. 87. 87. <laughs> we were all we were all excited. We're like, oh man, voted on by his peers. I tweeted about it. I was like, all right, some some recognition. And then the rest of the list comes out. Dak Prescott at 46, good number mm-hmm. for him. But then Jimmy Garoppolo at 43. Are you kidding me? Was Ryan Tannehill on the list? Um, yeah. I, look, what? Here's the thing. Uh, Trey White at 47 whoever wrote the blurb underneath his picture wrote none were more dominant than White but here's the thing there will be other cornerbacks on this list above him yeah so whoever wrote that's an idiot exactly Uh, and and, and this is I think the most important thing to take away from this whole list is that it's voted on by the players and the players don't analyze and break down the stats the way that we do mm. yeah uh, it, 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 i mean the niners went 13 and 3 this year and they were 4 and 12 the year before so the players know how important a quarterback is so they attribute that change in record to jimmy uh with that same logic though you would think josh should be higher on the list because he's a multifaceted player he can throw and he can run. Um, he's got those highlight real plays. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, he's got as many games played as games started as Garoppolo, uh, almost. You know, um, uh, statistically from a quarterback perspective only, Garoppolo had a better quarterback year than Josh Allen did. But if you were to tell me 
all right, pick a quarterback for your franchise, Garoppolo or Allen, I would spend more time on it than thinking Josh is at 87 and Garoppolo's at 43. So, yeah. The list I mean, is stupid. Trey White needs to be much higher up on that list. Diggs, probably as well. I mean, another thing that this kind of list does is, I mean, how many other defensive tackles or left outside linebackers or nickel corners, like, can you name across the league? Uh, I mean, once I stop playing Madden, and, uh, you know, I don't really know who's the best, you know, mm. who's the, sorry, I, I don't know who's the fifth best defensive tackle in the league. I, I look that stuff up. I focus yeah. on what my thing is, and that's the Buffalo Bills. Mm. So, I mean, uh, put, into, put this in perspective, obviously, Josh Allen, 87th um, in that list. If you compare his last eight games of last season to Aaron Rodgers' last eight games, you've got Allen at 11 touchdowns, two interceptions, Rodgers 10 and 2. You've got passing yards, 1,591 for Allen, 1,678 for Rodgers. Six rushing touchdowns for Allen, none for Rodgers. A 57.5% completion rate for Allen. 58.7% 58.7% for Rodgers and a passer rating of 90.6 for Allen and 84.2 for Rodgers. And that's in the last stretch of 2019 season. And that's when we faced the Cowboys, we faced the Ravens, the Patriots and the, um, and the Steelers, some top defences. So you're looking at that and you're thinking... He does need a bit more respect for what he's done, and see, yes, you're riding the um, riding the the bull on um, riding the ball on uh, Garoppolo, in there, but he's just a product of the um, of the system, and then San Francisco have one of the easiest schedules last season or something. But, I don't even think that matters as much as who are the big teams, and who are their famous players. There's your list. True. Or, you know, it's a player's vote. Uh, Hey, my buddy plays for them. I think he's really good. I'm going to vote for him, you know? Um, Have this list made by general managers, and I think it's a lot different. Yeah. That's the list that I would be interested in seeing. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously we've talked about Trey White. We've talked about Josh Allen. Let's talk about the guy in the middle of those two and our newest wide receiver, Stefan Diggs. And there's such an interesting tweet they put up a week or so ago. Well, this is something that Vikings fans have complained about for him. And I just think fans are salty whenever they see a player have any kind of personality. That bothers me because these are human beings and they have opinions and not everyone's opinions align. And when you have a platform... And millions of you know followers, uh, things could get hairy. But uh, Diggs likes to play games, uh, and it's fun. So on July 24th, he tweets, four offensive coordinators and five QBs later, uh, ellipses, dot, dot, dot. Um, mm-hmm. What is, what, what? What does that mean? So, like, what's the point, right? Uh, I, I wonder, is he is he complaining? 
Or is he saying that the situation has never been an issue for him? When you go look at his stats, um, he's been successful. Uh, every f- f- the four years he's had, you know, different offensive coordinators, four different quarterbacks, and he's been productive. I mean, Bridgewater, Bradford, Case Keenum, Kirk Cousins, um, based off volume, uh, he's been a number one receiver for all of those situations. Uh, what do you think he meant by that? I'm just thinking, I'm just wondering if it is a case that he's gone through five, four or five different coordinators. Maybe it's him saying that because of them, he's gone through that. Because, I mean, who is it? Who who are the previous few um, few guys? Wasn't it Steph, Stefanski? He's gone to Cleveland or something. And a couple others have actually been head coaches or gone on to a, head, a couple of head coaching jobs. So that's my kind of thinking on that. I mean, some people probably can tweet me and actually um, tweet us and actually uh, maybe give us a list or tell me I'm completely wrong. But I think it's a case that it's either that or he's gone through five coordinators but has not yet found one that really can bring out the best in him. Yes, he's had these 1,000 seasons the last four, four or five years, but... Has he really got? Well, he. I mean, only in 2018 did he have a thousand yards. Um, really? And he missed a game. Uh, okay. Yeah. So 2017. So last year. Um, oh, I didn't. I missed his 2019 stats. <laughs> <but>. <laughs> um, 2018 uh, with John D. Filippo uh, of the offensive coordinator and Kirk Cousins as his quarterback, he misses one game. 1,000 yards, 9 touchdowns, 68% catch rate. The year before that, Pat Schumer as the offensive coordinator. Case Keenum as the quarterback. He missed two games, 849 yards, 8 touchdowns, 67% catch rate. The year before that, North Turner and Pat Schumer with Sam Bradford. Ugh, 900 yards, 3 touchdowns, 75% catch rate. Rookie year, Teddy Bridgewater as the quarterback. 52 catches, 700 yards, 4 touchdowns. 61% catch rate. That's a really good rookie year. So he's only had two years with 1,000 yards. But uh, like I said, productive. Uh, 2017, he missed two games, so he probably could add 1,000 yards that season. But look, based on stats, it doesn't matter much to a wide receiver who the offensive coordinator is, as long as they have the QB throwing to them. I mean, wide receivers can put up good numbers without a good quarterback. Yeah, yeah. Stevie Johnson. Last year, Chris Godwin, Devontae Parker, DJ Moore in Carolina. Who played quarterback for Carolina last year? Nobody knows. Allen Robinson, who played quarterback in Chicago? Nobody knows. So and those guys had a thousand yards. Yeah, I think I just think it's it's the way. I mean, they've gone through, as you say, they've gone through the last three three years, four years. They've gone through. They pretty much sacked the offensive coordinator on the spot on after that year. And just looking at it, what 2015, they lost in the wild card. 2016 didn't make the playoffs. 2017 they actually um, lost in the conference game. 2018 they failed to make the playoffs and then lost in the divisional last year. So I'm just wondering if it's if it's a case that he had no consistency. But at the end that doesn't matter. He's actually with a good um, with a good young quarterback and a um, offensive coordinator that's going to get the best out of his um, out of his skill set. Yeah, and I think the Bills roster is so spread out that I don't think that he is going to get a thousand yards. Either that, 
or if he does get a thousand yards, then John Brown or Cole Beasley will be upset. Uh, we're 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 pretty deep at wide receiver now, uh, barring an injury or a COVID opt out. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see how players get on with their production with a yeah, quarterback exactly. needs he can throw sixty five percent, and he hasn't shown that yet. So uh, it. Glass half full says, hey, four offensive corners, five QBs later, I can still do it. I won't be bothered by it. Or the glass half empty in me says, four offensive coordinators, five QBs later. You know, all these people still not understanding what routes I need to run and stuff like that. So I, it could go both ways. We'll see what happens on the field if they take the field at all. Yeah, and, and obviously – our biggest topic and what's coming up this year, this next few weeks is actually um, we see how well DeBoer and Allen actually can connect and put those plays together and check the roots of Diggs when we go into um, training camp. And I think this year is going to be quite good because there's numerous battles for roster spaces there. I think it's probably been the most in-depth and... Um, a more competitive roster and training camp that we're going to have in a while, because we can let's break down some of these um, groups. I mean, why do you see that? Let's start at the important spot. What's that? Kicker. Fullback. Oh, you want? To, oh yeah, you want to talk about fullback? Oh my god. Uh. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, we'll do fullback because I mean, undrafted free agent Reggie Gillum. He's He's one. He's younger. He's a. He's faster. He can actually. Um. He's, he's good at blocking. Okay. He hasn't had that much. Um. Rushing experience. Probably neither has Demarco. But they're not going to need it. Catching ability and on special teams, this guy in his college career has blocked six field goals, and actually is a good special teamer. How many field goals and um, did um has Demarco done now? I can see the flip side why why it could be a battle. They want to get younger, or they want to keep Demarco for that veteran experience they want in each um, in each category. So I think that is an interesting one to watch. And salary cap, isn't it? It's about one two point one million if they or something like that if they cut Demarco. Thinking of just. I'm sorry to interrupt. Is this just like the British thing in you? Like with the Premier League, you guys overanalyze every single position on the field. Is there one position on a football pitch that's not as important as the others? Well, on, on, in, in, in soccer. I, yeah, I said pitch, all right? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I mean, is there one position that's not as important as the others? Well, we, are we, They're all so, pretty important, right? Yeah, are we talk. Are we talking as you kindly pointed out the Premier League and the yeah, um, yeah. So, so your 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 team, uh, bottom barrel West Ham, um, is there? Is yeah, there? Aston Villa. <laughs> is there a position like you know? So I I know that you have you know left you know I I don't know enough about it to talk about it, but I know that. Every position is as important as the next. In the NFL, fullback's not as important as center or as wide receiver or as quarterback. So why 
I think is it just the British in you that needs to analyze every position? I don't need to have a conversation about fullback. Not necessarily. I mean, for me, it's okay. Yes, fullback's probably not going to be your biggest, um, your biggest talking point, your biggest camp battle in there. But it's what they can do with that um, with that spot because a fullback you can actually get him flexed down into a tight end spot. I mean, if you see. If you ever go back and watch some highlights of Reggie Gillum in um, in college, if you oh, I will never, I will never do that. <laughs> you you think looking at Gillum, would he, with his young speed and his um and the ability when he gets the options to actually chuck to get chuck the ball, would he have made that catch in the um in the playoff? Oh the, my God, that play should have never happened in the first place. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, but, it's but it did. It's a play that did happen, and so I understand. So you're saying if you can get, if you can upgrade every position on the roster, why not, right? Yeah, I mean, with, let's say with Gillum, it's the case that he can, and like fullbacks as a whole, they can flex out if they're if they're good with the receiving, they can flex out and actually make that um, offense a little bit more multi-dimensional than it already is. Because if you've got if you've got like a fullback, so so we say Demarco and Singletary, you could probably think, okay, they're going to run the ball power heavy with Demarco leading the block. Mm-hmm. You move Demarco out or fullback out into the um, into the slot or anything like that, and then you're wondering, are they are they on man coverage? Are they going to run the ball? Are they going to actually pass the ball? It gives that defense another um, another avenue to. To think about that. Well, it depends on it depends on the offense that DeBull runs because I have a feeling that Demarco wasn't on the field a lot last year. Uh, um, let's let's play a game real quick. Um, what was the closest game last year? Probably the Steelers game. Would you say one of the closest games? Yeah, that Cause and because you want a good. If my experiment is, let's find a game that's equally where the Bills equally run and throw the ball and see what. DeMarco's snap count is because then I think that's a good indication of does DeBull use the position so looking at the Steelers game let's go into the box score here and go down to snap count I'm expecting this number to be very low um all right uh, let's just do a search for his name DeMarco on offense um, 25 snaps, 38% special teams, 10 snaps, only 42% on special teams. So here's a position that clearly isn't being used more than 50% of the time on offense. I mean, Lee Smith, Dawson Knox each had 48% snap count in that game. So, mm-hmm. you know, and- I think I think we're a more tight end, two tight end running team than a I formation fullback running team. Things may change with our new running back because he's more of a power guy. Um, I mean, yeah. Frank Gore obviously was that guy last year, but he was, um, you know, ineffective. So mm. with a court with a with a bruiser who's now more effective, will we run more I form, and do we want a fullback? And look at look at what you made me do. We've now <laughs> spent fifteen minutes on fullbacks. God damn it! <laughs> Love it. Love it. But no. Okay. So. That's one position to look out for in training camp. You want to talk about kickers. I was kidding. Uh, give it to the young kid. He's got a power leg. Hauschka's burnt. Cut him. Yeah. 
Well, there, that is possible. That is something to look out for. And obviously, another thing that's really interesting that I, I found out obviously with the I might mention it right at the beginning with the practice um, practice squad. Obviously, they've done it to sixteen. But you're allowed to have four protected slots, so you can put someone on. It's like almost like a Christian Way type um, slot, but you can protect someone. So you can put someone on the practice squad, and they'll be protected. I think for like um, either the whole season or part of the season. So, for example, we could put Tyler Bass. We could put um, one of the wide receivers that are uh, eligible on that. That would be one of the wide receivers. Yeah, so you've got that. So they could do that with with Bass if they go Hauschka, because they allow him, allow Hauschka the time to actually um, see, and they can evaluate him as they go along. If they don't feel that they get much out of him anymore, look, you, you don't go, draft, you don't waste a draft pick on a kicker, and you don't true. play him. True, but we'll we'll see on that one. I mean, if you're talking about about camp battles. We've already talked about kicker. Let's let's kick is it up. There, and... Is there really any more? Yeah, punter. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to go give myself COVID in a second. Jesus Christ. Um, but, that's no, not okay. funny. Sorry. Um, yeah. No, oh. looking at the depth chart, I mean, this is what we talked about all offseason so far, is that the Bills had an opportunity to draft young prospects projects mm. because their starters are so you know set so i think maybe um weak side linebacker um with aj klein being a a maybe right um mm. you're looking at second corner is norman gonna have a resurgence year is it levi wallace you know yeah. um is it ej gate you know there's a lot of secondary depth on this team so yeah. So there's going to be there's a lot of camp battles. I mean, with with linebacker, you've obviously got you got behind obviously Edmonds and Milano. You got you've got Klein. You got Metakovich. You've got Corey Thompson. You've got um, Voshan Joseph. You've got um, the other name that actually uh, sprang out, Tyler Dodson. So you've got a lot of youngsters in there, and there yep, could yep. be one or two surprises in there. Um, cornerback, you say you can even put EJ Gaines into that battle yeah. for that um, thing. You've got Teron Johnson, who could actually um, play, obviously, nickel, and obviously you've got others that can play in that spot. Safety, I mean, behind Poyer and Hyde, who I think got disrespected. Oh, yeah. Uh, today. Look, give me more of that. I, I, I would prefer mm. to be disrespected. But behind behind those two, you've got Jaquan Johnson, who's actually um, who played well when his one was called upon. You got Sharon Neal, who could play that nickel, probably be um, a cornerback. You've got the two undrafted um, safeties, Josh Thomas, and um, the other name actually eludes me, um, and also Dean Marlowe. So it's it's looking to build. You. I mean, I'm not so, too. I'm not too interested in the backup safety roster battle, um, you know, because um, knock on wood, everybody stays healthy. But um, speaking of the the the, the safety duo list um, that just that was that's been running the runs on Twitter. Did you watch uh, the Last Dance, the Michael Jordan documentary? No. 
or I do so, it's fantastic. I don't like basketball or I I know enough about it. I knew a lot more back then in his time. Mm. Fantastic. Every time Michael Jordan got a little bit motivated, someone said, yeah, I can guard him or, oh, he's coming back from playing baseball. Yeah, he's going to be trash. He was like, that's all the motivation I needed. And then he went out and just shut the door down. He just dominated. The more the players on our roster, the more our team, the more our city is disrespected, ignored, forgotten, misranked, the better. It Mm. feeds into what Buffalo is, the underdog. This team, any added bit of motivation just makes us that much better. So keep disrespecting us. Please give these players that added motivation to go out there and prove you wrong. And then hopefully next year you forget about us again because I prefer to be from this position. (laughs) Yeah, and before before we end it, there's one, obviously, the main position battle that we're going to have at training camp is that wide receiver spot. It's now a wide receiver light with um Ray Ray McLeod being uh being cut as part of that cull to get training camp down to eighty. Um but you've got Diggs, Brown, Beasley and probably Gabe Davis as your your cemented four. Well and we then you currently have ten, so I don't think it's a I don't think we're light on wide receivers. Yeah, so then you've got and then you have obviously have Andre Roberts, um Isaiah Hodgins, Robert Foster, Nick Easley, uh, Duke Williams, and who am I missing? Gazan McKenzie. Yeah. As the as battling out for maybe two, potentially three slots, and you're kind of thinking, can anyone else in that um, in that team in any other position take that uh, kick return spot and actually? allow us to release Roberts. That would bring- be preferred. If we can get, if we, if one of these corners or if, you know, we can get, you know, a running, if we can get Christian Wade to learn how to do it, mm. you know, uh, just so we don't have to carry another wide receiver spot for nothing because Andre Roberts isn't a wide receiver threat. And we have two yeah. rookies who we want to grow and develop. Uh, mm. So yeah, I think that's important to watch. Yeah, even, but even then, Isaiah McKenzie actually do it. So you bring him on, and you know, yeah, he can... yeah, McKenzie should absolutely be able to do it. I think that would be good with his speed. So yeah, yeah. Um, training camp is starting, and that's kind of what we're looking at there. Um, do you have yeah. anything else? No, just um, saying going forward, we'll be we'll be dropping in an hour of training camp when we get news. Maybe do um, get a couple of um, beat reporters on. We're going to continue to get hold of um, our opponents' UK fan group and actually have our um, have our team previews as bonus shows for you guys. So it's all, all looking good as we hopefully have a, um, a season to discuss come uh, come September. Yep. So yep. don't know if there's anything else you want to you want to add. Oh, I'm just looking forward to, I have two trips to Buffalo, one in August and one in September for weddings. Let me just tell you, I'm so looking forward yeah. to those two weeks of quarantine when I come back. <sighs> <laughs> Stupid America. Get your shit together. My yeah. God. Uh, anyway, so what, what I'll say then is um, is this. 
Yes, uh, for thank you for listening for this time until next time. It's good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Keep sharing your love and support for for us on uh, Twitter for both the group and the uh, podcast. And nothing really else to say than from me and Alex. It's uh, go Bills. Go Bills. Not us. Yeah, not, not us. us. You don't know anything about heart. You don't know anything about work. Huh? That's who we are. Bills on three. One, two, three. Bills.